0: what I wanted to say Uh, I I said it Sunday but at the risk of having maybe missed someone let me just say it one more time Uh, sincerely thank you to all of you who gave of yourself uh, to serve my son and his wife um, at their wedding and after their wedding Um, I can't tell you how appreciative I am and how honored we are that you would willingly give of your time and energy to do so thank you thank you thank you uh, I can tell you I have some photo evidence along through the week. They are enjoying 80-plus degrees on the beach in Mexico and uh, enjoying the, the beautiful city of Puerto Vallarta. And uh, they will be home uh, this weekend. They'll come home this weekend. But thank you for blessing us and blessing them sincerely. Thank you. The book of Matthew Chapter 13. Aren't you thankful for the Word of God? Amen. We need a love for the Word of God like never before. We need to be in the Word of God like never before. The scripture says that we should be able to give an answer of the hope that lies within us. All right? We should be able to give an answer I don't think it's enough to just give an answer and my answer be my testimony. Our testimony is powerful. We should share our testimony. Paul, everywhere he went, he shared his testimony. But Paul also, in every letter he wrote and everything he did, he was quoting the Scripture. He was able to tie his testimony to the Scripture to show them what the Lord's Word said and what it had done in his life. We should be in the word. Amen? We should be in the word. We need to make, that's what it was. Huh. Brother Gabriel and Sister Sandra just sitting there. I See, I just need to talk about the word a minute. <laughs> Amen. I knew there was something else. Brother Gabe was, I even asked him, this is how I am. I asked Brother Gabe and Sister Sandra. Now you guys remind me so I don't forget Thursday night. And Brother Gabe was so gracious to come talk to me before service and give me a heads up. And almost forgot still. Um, We need to be in the Word, and so we're going to, uh, Brother Gabe and Sister Sandra will be spearheading it. They have created a, a group in WhatsApp that is a daily bread group. Now, some of you are going, how come I haven't seen it? Well, because you haven't heard about it, okay, and this is why we're talking about it right now. They have created this daily bread group, and... If you are interested in participating in the group, you need to let them know, and they will add your name to that group. Okay? So you just send them a message, or probably best to send them a message because if 23 people go talk to them, they're going to forget. So just send the Gaber Sister Sandra a message say, Hey, I want to be added to the Daily Bread group. And then what will happen is they will, uh, well, I don't know what they're going to do. Completely, but somehow there will be communication so you know what everyone in the group is reading each day as a part of the group, okay? And then it will be opportunity to read together. Maybe something stands out to you. You can comment in that group and everybody will be edified, okay? It's not meant to be a preach-at-everybody group. Let me just say that for them, okay? Okay. But maybe the Lord will talk to you and you share, man, this is how it really spoke to me or a simple thought or, okay, so get with them. And uh, these next couple of months, we'll let you get your feet wet. And then when we go into the new year, we'll be able to start the new year together and read the word of God through together uh, in 2024. Um, it needs to be a year of the word. It needs to be a year of the word. We need to fall in love with the word of God. We need to give more time and effort to the word of God than we ever have. It's a need of the hour. It's a need of the hour. Amen. That's what I was supposed to do the other thing. Matthew, I know you're there already. Praise God. Matthew chapter number 13. If you got it, say amen. Now, right there where you are, I'd like you to pray with me and ask the Lord to talk with us through His Word tonight. Could we do that? Lord Jesus, we thank You for Your Word, this precious gift You've given us, this holy scripture where men of God wrote and spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. We thank You for this precious holy word. Let me not take it for granted, but I pray a love for the word of God. I pray a love for the word of God. Anoint our eyes as we read your word. Anoint our ears as we hear your word. Anoint our heart to receive your word. Write upon the fleshy tables of our heart with this your holy word. Open our understanding of the scriptures as you did to the men on the road to Emmaus, I pray, we want to love and walk in your word by the leading of your spirit in the name of Jesus. Even so, tonight let your word have its work in us. I pray anoint these lips of clay to speak that which you would have spoken. I take authority over everything that would work contrary, that there be no hindrance to the flow of your spirit and your word and us receiving what you would have us receive of it. In the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Matthew 13, verse number 44. Jesus is speaking. And he said again, The kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, and for joy, or he hideth, and for joy thereof, he goes and he sells what? What does he sell? he sells all that he has and he buys that field again the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man who is seeking goodly pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price he went and he sold what did he sell he sold what he sold all that he had and he bought it. Now, this is an interesting two parables in three short verses where Jesus reveals to us what the kingdom of heaven is like. I'm interested if he's talking about his kingdom, aren't you? What he says here, very simple, we just read it. It's like a field with a treasure or a pearl of great price that someone found. Now, the interesting thing is the someone that found it, we may not recognize it so much in the first verse as much as we definitely do in verse 46... Because verse 46 tells us that a man that was looking, he was a merchant man, and he was actually seeking goodly pearls. So we can determine from this parable and Jesus' statement that this man had a working knowledge of pearls. Is that fair? He was a merchant man. He was seeking goodly pearls. So He was someone who was equipped, at least in some regard, to understand the value of what he found. Now, we can probably determine that from the man that found the treasure in the field as well, but we don't get as much about him other than he found the treasure. Either way, these men in the story that Jesus is telling identified that what they found was of... Great value, not good value, great value. So much so that in both of the examples that Jesus gave, both men didn't just go look for a valuable possession and sell it. They did not in order to buy. They didn't just go and look for how much do I have set aside that I can work with today and maybe I can pull this off. They so recognized the value of what they saw that we don't see any hesitancy in their action. We don't see any reservation in their response. We don't see any questioning in their activity. What we see is the immediate response upon their recognition of value. They went and they sold all that they had. What does that mean? They said, everything I have pales in comparison to what i found therefore i'm willing to part with everything i have to lay hold on what i found i found something more valuable than anything i've ever owned than anything i do own in all that i possess what i found is all that they had to purchase what they found. Jesus said, This is what the kingdom of heaven's like. What is of most value to you? Really? What's of most value to you? How valuable is this revelation of the kingdom to you and I? Is it so valuable that I would sell all that I have to possess it? Some of you get nervous. Don't worry, I'm not going to have an auction tonight. (laughs) Jesus wasn't just telling a little story, thinking, oh, this would be a neat little thing. He was trying to help the disciples and those listening understand what I am bringing to you is of more value than anything and everything you possess. And you better get it prioritized properly or you will undervalue the kingdom. My life, my choices, my actions, my investment of time, of energy, of effort, of finance, all of those things that make up that which I value shows what value I place on the kingdom. Do I place more value in certain relationships than I do the kingdom? Well, if I'll allow those relationships to draw me from the kingdom, it says that I do. Do I place more value in business success and those things than I do the kingdom? Nothing wrong with relationships, nothing wrong with business success, you understand. It's a matter of where I place my value. Jesus was bringing this to bear when he shared these two parables. Our human nature, I recognize it here in this room. Our human nature, what we do is we focus on the all that they sold. Generally speaking. And we begin thinking, man, how much did they have to give up? See, we focus on the wrong thing. The man was walking through a field. I don't know what that looked like. I don't know what the field looked like. But somehow walking through that field, I don't know if it was on his way home from work. I don't. But he's walking through the field, and in the field, he stumbled upon, he saw, he recognized treasure caught his eye. And he saw it. And when he saw it, he realized this is more valuable than everything I own, this is more valuable than all of my possessions. This is more value. What is the chance that I would find this? I can't take it dishonestly. It's not mine to take. It's not my field. But somebody has left it here not recognizing the value. I know what I'm going to do. He takes it. He hides it in the field. And he goes home. I wonder if he was married. He goes home. Baby, we're selling everything. What? Everything. Why? I'm telling you. Trust me. I have found something. It makes everything we have pale in comparison to the value it holds. This is a no-brainer. I'm selling everything because what I found is so valuable that you'll understand holding on to any of this stuff makes no sense. So we're selling it all, and I'm going to go buy this field. Well, there's nothing. It's not about the field. You don't understand. It's about what I found in the field. There's something I found, and I know what it's worth. It's worth more than I can put... I'm selling everything. This was what this man did in this story that Jesus told. The man that knew the value of pearls found a pearl, and it was unlike any pearl he'd ever seen in his life. It was more valuable than anything in all of his life experiences he'd ever found. It was so valuable to him who recognized the value of those things that he went and sold everything he had. I'm telling you, and Jesus is saying, this is what the kingdom's like. And if I'm not careful, I want to play patty cake in the kingdom. And I'm wrestling with, oh, God would ask this of me. See, I'm focusing on the wrong thing. I'm not looking at the value of the kingdom. I've missed the value of the kingdom. I've missed the value of what's being offered me by the king. My eyes have gotten shifted. The things of this world. Why do you think the enemy wants to make the thing, the God of this world, wants the things of this world to look so appealing and enticing? Jesus called it the deceitfulness of riches that choke out the word. What is the deceitfulness of riches? It's this idea that if I could just get this, then, if I could just then, If I could, man, if I had a million dollars then or if I had five million then, I've been in conversations recently to be careful because of my job, Uh, I have to be careful because I want to disclose something, I'll get in trouble for disclosing, but I've been in conversations recently and we've had these conversations about scale. In business, you talk about scale Um, and I try to give you an example of scale. So, scale, let me... So, Walmart has scale, okay? They can buy broader at lower prices because they have scale. It's harder for an individually owned store to compete with Walmart because the individually owned store doesn't have scale. Does that make sense? So, we talk about scale. Well, I've been in this business of financial institutions for 25 plus years. And I've had conversations in the last couple months where for an institution that wasn't considered large, and like the big banks are large, right? Like Chase and Wells Fargo, and those are large. They're like multi, multi, multi billions of dollars, okay? So when you look at smaller institutions, it used to be that a small institution that had 250 to 350 million in assets could have scale. They can't anymore. It's not enough. Why? Because of the cost of technology and fraud and constantly changing, right, and keeping up with what's happening in the industry, and so that's not enough to scale. So what happens is you see them sell to larger companies that are and it used to be that we used to think, okay, $5 billion. I know that's a lot of money. Okay, $5 billion, that will get a scale. I was having a conversation in the last three weeks with somebody, and they said, I think now that to get the scale that's needful to be... Re-, and scale keeps you relevant for longer. That now it takes $10 billion. Why am I sharing that with you? Because I'm telling you, man... In his pursuit of riches is never satisfied. It's never enough. It's always a little bit more. It's always a little bit more. It's always a little bit more. That's the deceitfulness of riches that Jesus was talking about that says chokes out the word of God. And what happens is we put our value on those things and we miss the fact that the kingdom has so much value. And so, what we do is we pour time, energy, effort, and investment into earthly things. Not telling you we got to quit our jobs. We have to work, right? We got to pay the bills. We got to keep the lights on, right? This is part of the problem. But that's not where my focus has got to be, it's the kingdom. So Jesus is related. Okay, fast forward with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I cannot ever expect the world to believe and recognize and see the value of the kingdom if I don't recognize the value of the kingdom. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we'll just start with verse number 1 to make it simple. Paul's writing to the church. He said, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, so we have a ministry. You have to read the other chapters. You know that this ministry came from the Spirit of the Lord. As we have received mercy, we faint not. But what have we done now? We have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. We might have done that before, but now we've got a ministry. So because I have a ministry... I've renounced hidden things, secretive things of dishonesty. I don't walk in craftiness, okay? I don't handle the Word of God deceitfully. I don't twist or manipulate the Word for personal gain or benefit. Paul's talking about a ministry. But what do I do? By the manifestation of the truth... So the truth that dwells in me begins to manifest itself to people I come in contact and conversation with. By the manifestation of the truth, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So what happens? You and I are filled with the Spirit of God. Jesus said, don't say low here or low there. The kingdom of God is within you. And so when we begin to manifest the truth, Because of the kingdom of God dwelling in us, the spirit of God dwelling in us, we begin to manifest the truth. We're not trying to trick somebody. This is what Paul's talking about. Hey, we denounce hidden things of dishonesty. We may have done some of those things when we were working in the ways of the world, but we're no longer doing that. We have a ministry now because God has purchased us with his own blood. And so we're walking in these things. And now the manifestation of the truth through our life, what it does is it causes people to recognize there's something different about you. The truth begins to manifest itself to them, and we're not selling anything. But what happens is as the truth manifests itself to them, it commends us to them. Does that make sense? The manifestation of truth, if I can say it this way, becomes your personal endorsement to that life that you're talking to that your ministry, the ministry in you, is flowing to. You don't have to validate your ministry. The spirit of truth in you will begin to manifest itself, and it will validate ministry to the individual that's receiving it. Does that make sense? That's what Paul's talking about. The manifestation of the truth commends ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. I'm always concerned when somebody's trying to convince me of their ministry. Okay? We got to go on. I didn't plan on all that. Verse three. This is where I want to get to. Watch. But if our gospel be hid, I still got this treasure hid over here. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. If you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, that verse should arrest our hearts and our spirit. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Why is it hid? Verse number 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, You see that? Who's the image of God? Christ Christ is the image of God. The writer of Hebrews said he's the express or the only image of the invisible God. So Christ, lest the light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, would shine to them. Next verse, verse 5. For we don't preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, ourselves a servant for his sake, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now watch verse 7. Because you guys are going, what does all this have to do with what we started with? But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are cast down, but we are not destroyed. Who's he talking about? Who? He's talking about us, troubled, perplexed, persecuted. Doesn't matter. We're not distressed. We're not in despair. We're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. Why? Because, yes, we're earthen vessels that has these things happen, but we've got a treasure. And the world doesn't understand. Why does the world not understand? I'll tell you why. He told us in the verses before. Because the gospel's hid. It's hid to them that are lost. The God of this world's blinded their minds, lest the light of the glorious gospel would shine through. And so you and I, the light has shined into us. Amen? We used to sing a song when I was younger, it said, I saw the light, I saw the light, no more in darkness. Anybody know that song? Nope. We got to get some of these old songs out. No more in darkness, no more in night. Now I'm rejoicing, no sorrow in sight. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. And so the light of the gospel shined to us. And we received the gospel. And when we received the gospel, we obeyed the gospel. We repented of our sin. We were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He filled us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The death, burial, and resurrection was manifest through our life. And this light has now shined. But that very light, the world doesn't know it. It's hid to them. And we go through life with this treasure in an earthen vessel. And I go through circumstances where I'm persecuted and the world's watching me. And the world's watching you. And I go through situations where I'm cast down. I go through situations where I'm, the world's watching and go, how is it they go through those things but they seem to still have joy. How is it they go through this stuff? They're troubled. I see the trouble they're navigating, but they don't seem distressed. I look at them and they've gone through stuff that's cast them down, but but it hasn't destroyed them. They can't see. They just see the earthen vessel. But you and I know It's the treasure. It's the treasure. The earthen vessels cast down, but the treasure's not destroyed. The earthen vessels persecuted, but the treasure, the treasure. Hear me. All of that to say this, what a tragedy. That I would have this treasure and I would share it with no one. I would reap the joy of the treasure. The treasure would live in me, I would be filled with this treasure. And then I would become the man who said, I'm going to tear down barns and build bigger barns. And there I'm going to store all of my goods. And I'll keep it to myself. The kingdom of heaven is like. Here's the deal. This is what's so wonderful about this treasure. It's inexhaustible. It's like the more you give away, the more you get. It's like the more you share the treasure, the more treasure comes to you. It's like the more you open up and say, let me tell you why I'm not distressed. Let me tell you why I'm not cast down. Let me tell you why I'm not destroyed. Don't think for a minute it's this vessel. Don't get your eyes fixed on the vessel. I'm telling you, there's a treasure in here that's doing the work. Would you like to know about this treasure? It's available to you. It's hid. It's hid to them that are lost. The God of this world has blinded their minds. Don't read that like they can't see. I know that's what it means at first. But don't read it like you and I have no ability to come and allow them and help them to see. Jesus declared of his ministry when he quoted Isaiah. He said, the anointing is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. And what was one of the things he had anointed him to do? He has anointed me to preach recovering of sight to the blind he wasn't talking about the physical yes he healed physical blinded eyes but you can't read all that he said the anointing was upon him for and say oh that was all for the physical no way to set at Liberty them that are bruised to preach deliverance to the captive the year of the Lord right all these it's spiritual work and so when he said there's an anointing To open the eyes of the blind it is a spiritual work. You and I, when we are filled with the gift of the Lord. Peter said we have an unction or an anointing from the Holy One. That anointing is to remove spiritual blindness. We can go to a closet of prayer. And we can begin to take blindness off of the minds by the power of prayer. And then we can share the gospel. Notice what we read in 2 Corinthians. He has caused the light to shine out of the darkness. I think sometimes we're so scared of the darkness, we're forgetting who we are and what treasure we have. You've heard me tell this story before, but I'll tell it again and I'll give you the short version. When my wife and I sent our three kids to public school years ago, I think it was kindergarten and fourth and sixth grade, somewhere in there. That's probably not quite right, but you get the idea. They were all three in public school at the same time in Hera. We sent them. I prayed and prayed and prayed about that, man. I was, I was wrestling with God. And the Lord spoke to me, and the Lord said, you can't put enough around your kids to protect them. That wasn't really what I wanted to hear. didn't give me any hope. I said, Lord, I don't understand. What am I supposed to do? He said, it's what you put in them. It's not what you put around them. It's what you put in them that will keep them. It made so much sense. It gave me so much peace. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to work on what I put in them. Because what I put in them by the grace and the leading of the Spirit of God is greater than he that's in the world. That's not just a nice verse to get people excited. I believe that verse with everything in me. I believe that. I believe it with everything in me. How many young kids in this room have been filled with the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. I'll pick on Sammy right here. the holy ghost in sammy is greater than anything in this world i believe that he doesn't have to fear his parents don't have to fear for what he comes in contact with or what people understand his mind is still the mind of a 11 10 i know you were getting close but not quite almost a- of a 10 and three-quarter year old. (laughs) So parents still have responsibility to help him in things. But they don't have to fear what this world can do to him. You don't have to fear that. You have to teach him about the things of this world. But greater is he that's in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I believe that. Hannah, greater is he that's in you than in the world. You don't have to fear this world. Somebody needs to hear that. You don't have to fear this world. When you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, greater is he that's in you. That's not just a neat verse. We have a treasure in earthen vessels. The treasure will keep you. The treasure will guide you. The treasure will sustain you. The treasure will give what is needful in the moment when you don't know what's needful. The treasure, the treasure. Here's how I get in trouble. I start focusing on the earthen vessel. I don't know if I can do it. You can't. I don't know if I can make it. You can't. It's the treasure. It's the treasure in the earthen vessel. I think it's what Paul was saying to Timothy when he was saying, Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you. Timothy, I saw something happen to you. I saw an anointing come on your life. I remember the gift that was in your grandmother and in your mother. And I see an anointing that was on their life that's on yours too, Timothy. Timothy, I'm calling you to remember it. Timothy, you got a gift and you. Stir it up. We got a treasure. We have a treasure. I'm telling you, we better recognize what we have when He filled us with His Spirit, and we should walk like we're full of the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about arrogance, you understand. You say, Man, are you concerned about the things going on in the world in the Middle East? Absolutely, I'm concerned. I'm not concerned for me. I'm concerned that there's 260 plus thousand people in these valleys. And time seems to be very short. And I have a treasure. And you have a treasure. And the gospel's hid to them that are lost. And so I have to go and let the light shine into darkness. Just making sense. What a tragedy to have a treasure and not share it, what a tragedy. Why don't you stand with me? Watch I want to pick up at verse seven again, there, Brother Renee, in that chapter. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why? So that the excellency of the power, the excelling of the power may be of God and not of us. We don't focus on the earthen vessel. Our confidence is in the treasure, the indwelling of his spirit. That's the treasure in case you're wondering. If you haven't figured that out. It's the indwelling of his spirit. This is why we should be and desire to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, to receive the gift. It's a promise. It's a promise. If you've repented, you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Peter said, You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen? It's the treasure. And so it's so the excellency and the power can be of God, not of us. And so the Lord lets things come our way. We're like, man, I don't know. He reminds us, hold on a minute, buddy. You're just an earthen vessel. In case you get a little too full of yourself and you start thinking that treasure is you, I'll bring something your way and it'll knock you down a notch or two. And you'll like, go, oh, man, I'm just an earthen vessel. I, I forgot for a minute. Forgive me, Lord. But the treasure is the treasure. Now Watch. I'm going to read fast because we've already read it, but I want us to see it in context. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed, perplexed, not in despair, persecuted, not forsaken, cast down, not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why are we always bearing about the dying of the Lord Jesus in our body? Because it reminds us that the body is the earthen vessel. So we have to ever let the earthen vessel be bearing about the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? So that the life of Jesus would be made manifest in our body. The life is the treasure. The life of Jesus is the treasure. And if I don't get this earthen vessel dead, then I start taking credit for what the life of Christ is doing through me. And so I always bear about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus so that the life of Jesus can be made manifest. Remember, it's the manifestation of the truth that commends ourselves to others. But if that part happens, but I haven't had the dying of the Lord Jesus, when people start thinking well of me, I start letting it go to my head. Versus going, ha Now I go, oh, no, 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 it's the treasure. Oh, no, 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 it's the treasure. I understand. No, it's the Lord. Okay. Now watch verse. I will stop there. Ephesians chapter 3 and 20. Watch Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. To him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. Above what? All that we ask or think. How does he do that? How does he do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think? He does it according to the power that works where? Not with us, not through us, in us. That's the treasure. He does exceeding abundantly above everything you and I ask or think By his power that works in us. That's the treasure. Do you understand how valuable this is? I don't think any of us do. We have a treasure. I found the treasure in a field. He sold all that he had and went and bought the field. He found one pearl of great price. And he went and sold everything he had. To buy that one pearl. Jesus said. That's what the kingdom's like. It's more valuable than everything you own. God help us put the kingdom back in its proper place. And get our lives in proper alignment. With the value of the kingdom. And an understanding of this treasure. That's in us. He wants to use you. Would you talk to the Lord right now? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.